Welcome to the Center for Internet Security's podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are. Cybersecurity affects us all, whether we are at home, managing a company, supporting clients, or even running a state or local government. Join CIS's Sean Atkinson and Tony Sager as they discuss trends and threats, ways to implement controls and infrastructure, explore best practices, and interview experts in the industry. We are here to bring clarity to these complex issues to bring confidence in the connected world. Well, welcome back. This is Tony Sager from the Center for Internet Security, and welcome back to our podcast series, Cybersecurity Where You Are, where we take on uh, some of the most interesting topics with some of the most interesting people that we know in the business and uh, help us all think a little bit more about this business without drowning in acronyms and uh, uh, concept overload. So uh, welcome back. Pleasure to be joined by my friend, uh, Phil Reitinger, today. And uh, Phil is... um, you know, a longstanding colleague. Uh, he's one of the people I describe as having a real career, not like folks like me who worked in one place forever, but Phil's kind of seen um, almost every aspect I can imagine of this business. So welcome, Phil. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Tony. A lot of people would say I can't hold a job, but I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> well, that is the flip side of it. In fact, for the audience, Phil, could you share just a little bit about your background? Because it's really interesting and uh, covers a lot of ground in cybersecurity. I don't know if it's that interesting, Tony, but I've I, I have been sort of I've been one of those people who pop around to different agencies and different parts of both the private sector and the public sector. So um, I do have my um, somewhere in a drawer at home. I've got my 15 year pin for having served 15 years in the federal government. Um, uh, the I, I I guess I made my cyber bones as one of the original uh, cyber prosecutors back at the Justice Department during the mid-1990s. I was there for uh, about a decade, and then I um, went over to DOD for a bit, Um, was at Microsoft, um, then DHS, where I was the deputy undersecretary for what used to be called the National Protection and Programs Directorate, um, but now is known as the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA. And I was the I was the cyber guy there back when there was um, sort of one lead cyber guy. Went from there to Sony and uh, did a little consulting after that. And for the last seven years or so, I've been the president and CEO of a a nonprofit called the Global Cyber Alliance, which uh, just happens to be a, um, a, a brainchild of the Center of Internet Security, along with uh, the Manhattan District Attorney and the City of London Police. Yeah, great, great stuff, Phil. And you've said we've had the joy of working with you in, in at least a couple of those jobs, maybe three or four. You know, for a 15 year pin, boy, that, that doesn't even make the top five of the pins that I own from, from my uh, <laughs> unique and maybe by, by your standard, pretty boring career. I've never actually moved. But, but it's all great stuff. And well, I, I think I think we had the chance to grow closest, Tony, when I was at DHS. And we were sort of um, two um, uh, brothers from different mothers fighting for what back then was called the security content automation protocol. Um, and I still think of it as perhaps the most, literally, I'm, I'm not joking here, the most important development in cybersecurity ever because it, it really is, it was the path forward then. And while the, the names and acronyms, to use your terminology before, have changed a little bit, you know, security content automation um, is still the right way forward. Um, and uh, the, 
the only savior we'll have in the long term against the the legions of bad guys that are out there. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And I think that was one of the great things about bumping into you in those times, right? It was realized we're, we were on parallel paths, which it turns out to be the story of our uh, careers here with, with uh, great synergy when we've had a chance to sync together. So our, our, our topic today is about the role of nonprofits in cybersecurity. And that's something I know is very close to your thinking and the uh, same with mine. So, you know, that, and I, so I want to take you back to some of those days that you just referenced, right? And uh, a piece of work that you were responsible for that I think it still uh, holds up pretty well and was underappreciated was what we back then called the uh, ecosystem paper that you had the team put together back then, uh, enabling distributed security in cyberspace or something like that. And uh, That's exactly the name, yeah, went, 2011. Yeah, I went back to look at that and it, it struck me that somewhere in the first sentence or two, you said, as you were enumerating the ecosystem, you hit on nonprofits. And uh, so I wanted to take you back to that, sort of what, what your thinking was there, because again, I think that was an underappreciated paper. That is the scope of the thinking and this, I'll call it holistic look, you know, and, and we were both, you know, my background was kind of the, I, I, I give a talk I used to call, um, uh, I'm a reformed monopolist, you know, sort of a confessional, right? I grew up in the, in the world where security was a government monopoly. You know, we sort of defined the problem, owned the problem, you know, paid the freight, decided who was, you know, worthy to be, a, a, for example, an employee or a, a contractor to us. And that world, you know, evaporated pretty rapidly quite a few years ago. But this sort of what is the new world? And I think that that paper holds up as a pretty good statement of, you know, this notion of, a, of an ecosystem of, you know, cooperating loosely parts and no, no one controller over it. So tell, take me back to your thinking there, because I think it helps shape our discussion about the role of nonprofits in cybersecurity today. Sure, Tony, and thank you. I would say, you know, my, my viewpoints on this have been evolving for the last 25 years. Uh, but I, I agree with you that the, you know, the, the core idea behind that paper is, is really what still drives me today. I'm sort of like, I'll add gold leaves to it or, you know, put new branches or whatever you want to, whatever botanical metaphor you want. Um, but it's, it still holds true. You know, the, the, the driving fact for me is I like to say that, you know, I've been doing this, as I said, for about a quarter century. And the one prediction that I can make every year is that next year things will be worse. Um, and I could make that reliably every year heretofore. And I can pretty much make it reliability, you know, for the time going forward, too. We're, we're not yet to the point where we can turn things around. Um, and part of that is that we, you know, our idea about how to do this is, I think, wrong. Um, you know, you hear people talking about, oh, we need more and more cybersecurity professionals. And in fact, we do. Um, but what we don't focus on enough is that we have to solve problems at scale. And people don't scale. Uh, you know, the, every year, the, you know, the number of computers we've got goes up. The amount of software on that computer goes up. And we depend on those devices more and more. Um, so that means our risk goes up because we're not putting a negative delta on any of those things, right? We're going to use more devices no matter what happens. And we're going to put more code in them no matter what happens. And we're going to depend on them more and more no matter what happens. So um, that leads you rapidly to the conclusion that this is all about scale. Um, that uh, the 
we can't solve this problem until we get our hands around scale. And you know, in that in that fight, um, the good guys, the good people, to be non-sexist about it, you know, they've got really only one advantage, and it's not intuitive. Um, and the only real advantage they've got is the size of the network and how much goodness there is on the network. If it is intelligent, it can be, you know, brought to bear on your favor. Now, yes, size and complexity is an enemy of cybersecurity, but that's when you've got um, a dead weight of vulnerability and all you do when you increase the size is increase vulnerability. But if you can bring intelligence and automation in and make the network defend itself so that only, you know, <laughs> so that we only rely on people to do what people need to do, um, and the network is primarily responsible for defending itself, you know, then you've got a solution that will work that will scale. And that really, you know, to go back to what I said at the start, that really is security content automation protocol on steroids. Um, and then, you know, I could talk more about the different factors that go into that and what I think it means these days, but that's really what it's all about. It's building the key pieces that enable um, collective cyber defense in an automated way. It's about collective cyber defense. And that, that notion that, you know, you talked about back then and have ever since, you know, that, and, and so there's going to be no one that sort of buys that, no one that invents, right? It's a, it's a trite but true, right? It is a collaborative activity, which requires, but it requires some structure, right? So all the goodwill of, an, of choosing to work together is one thing, but defining what that means is is really a challenge, right? And you, you need sort of neutral ways to bring that together or um, something to rally around, right? A concept or an architecture at a technical level. And that's what I think we've been struggling to get at, right? There's there's plenty of kumbaya, let's work together, public, private, rah, rah. But, you know, that doesn't get things done at the scale. And I think your, your message, and I've, you know, I've heard you say the, that message over decades now, about it's all about scale is a really important one. I, I don't remember if it was you or Rich Struess or somebody in those days uh, that said something that stuck with me, you know, our, our people are fighting their robots. You know, that is a no win <laughs> situation. We're not gonna educate and train our way to greatness. We need education and we need training. We don't. We sound like two old curmudgeons here, which is not true. But, you know, that is only a part of it, right? There are never gonna be enough professionals most businesses in this economy will never even hire a security professional, even if we had them, right? That's not what they do. And so scaling is, is really important. You know, to the topic of, of nonprofits though, and that's kind of where we're spending our time. So another place where we've been in parallel, come back together, is this idea of the role of nonprofits. And I'll share with you where I was coming from a couple of years ago. And I think, you know, I found out later that you were on a very similar path. So having spent 35 years in your big government, same agency, never changed jobs. We just kept reorganizing around me kind of a thing. Uh, and, and I entered the second phase of my career and uh, really settled here at the Center for Internet Security. And what really struck me was the power of nonprofits, the reach, the resources, the they're natural gathering places of uh, smart technical people that cross borders and cross industries and sectors and the ability to gain collective action. I, I, I enjoyed this because it's also a great leadership challenge, you know, helping people see common ground so they will move when they don't work for you or they're not all being paid from the same pile of money or, you know, there's no sort of unifying management structure. And that is both challenging, but also gratifying. So the notion of, well, 
And, and by the way, many of us at nonprofits like you and I, right, we're old friends. We would find something to do together, and we have over the years. Uh, and that's all great. But, you know, if you take your message of scale, right, how do we scale that? That's what I was chewing on a couple of years ago. And then I forget how we exactly connected. I think you were you came to me with the same idea, right? You're, you know, what are we doing here? And could we do something with others that are kind of like us? So for me, I, you know, that was, to, for me, uh, I, I tend to use ideas out loud, right? To kind of talk them out. And then all of a sudden, the right people start showing up. But how did, how, what were you thinking of that? Maybe say a couple, three years ago, and, and this once you became enmeshed in the nonprofit world, and what you were thinking when you started to think about how we bring it together. Well, sure, Tony, and I, I do think we were thinking along very similar lines. You know, the for me, my my particular focus is around the the nonprofits that are actually trying to solve problems at scale. Um, because, and I'm not saying that the nonprofits doing other things are not important. They're super important. Um, you know, the think tanks produce great papers that help drive, um, ideas. The, you know, the people that do fee for service training, nonprofit or otherwise play a real important role in the ecosystem. Um, but there's a collection of entities that are actually trying to say, you know, this is not a me problem. This is an us problem. And we really have to solve the problem on the bigger scale, and we have to get everybody rowing together. And there are solutions that will help us do that. You know, uh, I like to you know talk about um, you know, the effectiveness of SCAP and how I think it still drives the security content automation protocol. It still drives um, a lot of um, strategies in a central way. Well, you know. If you think about the same sort of, you know, what's the what's the what's the most effective thing that's ever been done around building a community around cybersecurity? Um, it it probably is the CIS critical controls, you know, that had their long long path to get here. Um, but there's a genius behind the that solution because it's a it's not a you know this is CIS's proposal, right? We call it the CIS critical controls. And it is shepherded by CIS, but you know, and you know this better than I do because you lead this work, right? It's a community, right? It's a bringing together of expertise that drives a consensus approach around the most effective things that can be done in a way that is in fact scalable, because it it enables people from the you know almost the smallest to the biggest to have a common approach at doing the things that are the most effective. So it builds in prioritization and understandability, and at its best, solves problems at scale. Um, but what can we do that more broadly, right? That's, that's one solution, a super important solution, right? But it's one solution. What if we tried to do that across all of the nonprofits, right? So that we, you know, it was not, um, you know, it was not the Alpha Gamma Delta um, uh, cybersecurity toolkit for um, you know strange particles. Uh, it was you know it, we actually tried to have a set of solutions that were mutually reinforcing, tied together and aligned in a way that help us all work at scale no matter what our domain of action is. Um, and that was what I was thinking of when I started talking to you and others. And I think what you were thinking of when you started talking to um, me and others. How do we how do we do this in a way? And when I started talking to you, you know, 
I learned of you know, some experiences that you'd had where you know, nonprofits were able to come together um, in a really non-proprietary way, not a my stuff, but an our stuff. How do we how do we do a launch? How do we do a release in a way that magnifies the understandability, the effectiveness, and the power of what we're doing? And that's really what I wanted to do. That we're you know it's not a it's not an effort for monopoly. It's an effort to for alignment and effectiveness and reaching scale. Yeah, I think that 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 notion is a really big one, Phil. And um, you know, again, when I when I looked across this, and and you know, thanks for your your kind remarks about what we've tried to do at CIS. You know that the 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 problem that you've described, right? The more connectivity, more vulnerabilities. You know, is 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 real. Uh, and the way I viewed it is also provides this opportunity, though, right? The opportunity for collective action too. So this mutual dependency says then. Uh, why do I could, do I really expect every enterprise to solve this problem on their own? That, that is a non-starter, right? That is not going to happen in our lifetimes, uh, professionally or physically. And so, so the good news, the bad news, we're all connected. The good news is that's an opportunity, right? To say, do I does everyone need to do, for example, their own complex understanding of their risk, right? To read threat feeds and, and do this translation from all this complicated stuff into positive things that I could do. Well. Actually, no, certainly not at the 80, 90% level, right? We're all basically on the same net using the same technology, interconnected in ways that we don't understand, right? So there's a there's an opportunity to do a lot of good without really having to uh, admire the problem for another year, right? With, you know, again, th- uh, trying to trying to make sense of things that you don't have the people to, uh, to make sense of uh, it with. And so this idea of how do we then turn that into action? And as, as you pointed out, and this was a, a similar observation, yeah, nonprofits cover every business model, everything you could imagine. We were really both focused on you know, who's doing things, right? Sort of providing essential content or delivering essential services, seeing something that, do I expect everyone, for example, to, to solve the domain name filtering problem by themselves? That's nuts, right? That's, a, that's an infrastructure issue. But no one financially, and they're, they're great companies who you know, decide they're going to contribute resources to solve some of these problems, and that's wonderful. But there are a lot of these kinds of problems that, again, no one should either even try to solve that themselves, but maybe the market isn't really there to treat this as a market-driven activity, or the gov- it's not appropriate for the government to sort of mandate it or create it as a government good, that nonprofits have stepped up and taken on, you know, yours included and, and ours. And I think that's... that. Um, when you look at then, as we pull those together, there's really something to be done there, right? And that's that's the way we thought of it. The other thing that surprised me, and uh, Phil, your impression would be welcomed, uh, how little we actually compete. You know, when I looked across the nonprofits that are really doing interesting things, it's like, hmm, we all seem to have found pretty much our niche and provide value that is, uh, you know, that doesn't step on someone else's business model. And, and yeah, there are, you know, there's certainly competition for whatever funding resources and uh, volunteers. But but that was my impression. Any thoughts on that, Phil? I think that's exactly right. You know, it's sort of interesting. Um, you, you mentioned before the title of that 2011 paper, um, which was Enabling Distributed Security in Cyberspace. So, you know, the, the key word there is distributed. Um, and um, this is what I think you've just been talking about. I can't 
count the number of times I've said to people in organizations I'm in, you know, we're not that special. Um, and this goes back to your, you know, your point about 80 or 90s. It might be 95 or 99 percent of what we do is really all the same, right? And that that provides, as you're pointing out, massive opportunity for collective action. Um, and it does, in fact, mean that the likelihood of competition between nonprofits outside the, you know, we all are under-resourced and are trying to get resources to solve problems, is, is, is overstated. You know, there are so many ways, sort of different tiers of trying to tackle distributed action. You know, there are common standards. There are common practices or best practices. There is open source software that everyone can use. There are scalable solutions where the, you know, the net marginal cost of adding an additional user approaches zero, the bigger it gets. So there are different ways, and all of these nonprofits work in, in similar ways, but among, you know, these are common approaches that people will use to try and get to scale where, you know, to attack solving an otherwise unbounded problem with finite resources. Yeah, that's right. And I think, um... So, uh, you know, for the audience, once, you know, as these discussions really started to crystallize uh, with, with Phil and I and with others, right, we each have friends that we have been talking this idea through, uh, things really started to come together, you know, towards the end of last calendar year and then into the into this current year that, you know, we just kept finding, uh, I'll call them kindred spirits, right, uh, people who were associated with nonprofits and leadership roles and felt the same way. And... Um, Boy, I guess my, my you know, over my government career, I'll tell you, I've never felt an easier sell. You know, that is, there's so much goodwill and so much opportunity to do good. And that's that's what draws people, you know, into these uh, noble nonprofits, right, is the opportunity to do something useful. Uh, that there was a lot of agreement right up front. And you know, so I'm going to share one, I think, a government secret that I hope doesn't get either one of us in trouble, Phil. But, you know, when you talk about the competition among them or, and really the lack of, I felt like I was in a much more competitive environment inside like, of a government agency in rivalry with our neighbors and other government agencies. Now, that is a vicious cutthroat <laughs> environment. But I don't feel that at all in the nonprofit world. There's a lot of room for uh, cooperation in the ways that you pointed out. So, so we started to gather. Okay. Fine, I mean, I, I just, like, is it the, you know, the, you know, a lot of times in government, it's a zero sum game, Absolutely. right? You know, my, 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 one of my mentors and old boss, Rand Beers used to say there are three things that are important in government, budget, budget, and budget. <laughs> yeah. okay. That's right. Right. So you know, that, that leads to a, you know, it's, it's what's mine is mine. What's yours is negotiable. Um, because you're actually trying to divide up a pie where, you know, there's, there's, it's not, it's not, you can make more. And, you know, it, one of the things we can do is we're actually not trying to get other people's pieces of the pie. We're, and we're actually trying to, to make the pie bigger for everyone. Um, so that, I, I, I think you're right. I think it's been very collaborative from the start. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, got everybody together again, just for the audience's background and, um, you know, reached agreement and it was, a. Um, you know, there was a lot of discussion about sort of uh, boundary conditions or uh, you know, who's in, who's out, kind of who's who sort of fits the model of what we're trying to do. But somehow we got there and uh, wound up with a really, I think, interesting and neglected group, right, from giant to small, from high tech to high touch. You know, just sort of anything you could imagine really was the uh, the, the starting group. And um, 
you know, kind of in the same spirit of cooperation, right? There was, there's no um, uh, money exchange. We didn't, we made a conscious choice not to set up a separate legal entity, but to operate from a position of goodwill. Uh, people contributed, you know, documentation that became our charter and our code of conduct and, you know, but that, that seems to fit the spirit of what we're trying to do, right? Sort of keep money is, is on the side. Money's important, right? We need resources, as, as you said. But uh, that's not what this group is is about, and so, uh, and then uh, I will share uh, finally with the audience, uh, Phil, with uh, the greatest thanks for me, did the heavy lifting in in really bringing structure and organization and energy to getting us uh, kicked off, right? To really raise the flag and say, here we are, and uh, I think that led to a round of, wow, that's a great idea, and uh, how do we get involved? Can you tell us tell us a, tell us a little bit about that that sort of uh, initial rush? And the first feedback that we got when we declared ourselves uh, as nonprofit cyber. Well, as you say, it was a Tony. It was a really easy sell. I mean, thank you for the kind words, but it really was, you know, uh, um, a, a a collective effort of a lot of equals um, and people contributing from you know the Cyber Threat Alliance kicking off, sharing some pieces that it had done, some preliminary work that it had done, and the discussions that had happened between people. And it was a, you know, the initial steps were, when, you know, once you and I talked about it together and started talking about, you know, convening a group, it coalesced in literally a two or three meetings. You know, there was a, an original discussion, um, we shared a draft charter for people and we built it up. And by the third meeting, you know, the text was essentially agreed and people had, you know, while there are, as you say, you know, edge cases on, you know, whether somebody, whether an organization is a proper, a part of this or not, not, not because we don't, we want to exclude anybody, but because we're actually trying to, to get something done and you, you need a, a small enough group of people to move the ball forward. Um, it came together super quickly. Um, everyone was, um, Everyone was contributing what they could, and we got, you know, um, I, I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, we got positive quotes and support from, you know, multiple national governments, um, including, you know, the the U.S., the Canadians, um, the Brits, and the Dutch, all um, from the leaders of their cybersecurity centers or from senior people in their cybersecurity centers, um, gave us, you know, positive quotes. And, of course, because... Um, the U.S. can't do anything as simply as anybody else does. We got two from different people <laughs> in the U.S. government because there's not a single person who sort of has um, oversight of it all. Uh, and, you know, after we released, we had, you know, we've just now done another announcement and another nine members have joined. So we we went from, you know, 20, 22 and 22 to we've now got 31. Um, and. I, I, I think it's going to keep growing a little bit more slowly now because um, we don't want it, we don't want hundreds of entities because we actually want to move the ball forward. But the the, the level of internal support and external support we've received has been very um, very heartening. Yeah, indeed, and I think uh, that that story, you know, and it does feel like an idea whose time is is come, right? As you said. Uh, we, I think I was surprised, you know, by the level of interest in governments, right, U.S. and non. And, but I think there was a recognition in parallel with, with our discussions about how dependent we are on nonprofits, right, the role that they play. And that's both uh, great news and appropriate. You know, we're also in a time of um, 
uh, all the social issues of distrust and disinformation and what is the role of the government. I think there's also an opportunity for the kinds of things that we do as nonprofits to really, um, you know, play a central role, right, in, in gathering people. I mean, these are these are we are places, and you know, your work, ours, and, and many of our nonprofit friends, where people have already chosen to gather, right, to to solve and focused on a problem that needs that needs solving, and uh, independent of sort of who they work for or what their geography is or what their industry happens to be, and and I think that. You know, that's what we're all trying to get to, right? To recognize that ecosystem that you talked about. And again, more than say nice things about it, let's do something, right? Let's get people together. So it's easier to convince people to work together when they've already chosen to do so than, than convince them after the fact or instead of. And so I think that's really hit, hit something um, uh, important there. One of the, the things that struck me, Phil, and you've really worked this, is the role of these, I'll call it not nonprofits, but um, you know the the governments, right? The granting institutions and so forth. And uh, you know, I I had not anticipated that. I don't know what your thinking was, but that level of interest struck me as a really positive thing. And, and any thoughts about the discussions that you had with with folks that are not nonprofits but are interested in, in fact, directly supportive of the role of nonprofits? Well, I I think they are. They are, in fact, extremely supportive because there are things, there are things that nonprofits can do that governments can't for all sorts of reasons. And um, you know, it's it's an easier problem to solve for the bigger countries like the U.S. and probably the U.K. and a few others. But the the smaller you get, the smaller nations you get, the less opportunity they've really got to deal with the ecosystem at scale. Um, in fact, they can have challenges just dealing with the ecosystem of nonprofits. And so what a, um, you know, I think we could provide and do, will provide a couple of things. One is, you know, an easy way to talk to nonprofits and to get input from nonprofits. You know, for example, if um, Fredonia um, was thinking about going in a certain direction and wanted to ask a question of nonprofits in a in a really non-exclusive way, and they could reach out to other people. You know, we could distribute it to all of our members and and pull thoughts and send them back. Um, not as a nonprofit cyber position, but from this collection of nonprofits. So it's a way that you know helps government get to scale. Um, I I also think, and this goes back to some of the early comments you made, Tony, about you know, um, you know. 90% of the problems, 85% of the problems we solve are the same, right? Um, and, you know, there are good things that need to be done and are being done. But, you know, governments, at least people in executive branches, when, you know, dealing with people in particular legislative branches, um, often are faced with, you know, we need to solve a problem. So let's create something new to do that. And, you know, the answer is almost always, yes, that is a problem. And there are two, three, five organizations already doing that. Um, so if you really need to create something new, great, more power to you. But you know, at least look at what's there and figure out if you, you, can, you can move faster by working with people who already understand the problem and are trying to move the ball forward. Um, and so the, you know, it's trying to solve the, 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 you know, there's a not invented here piece of that. And then there's also a just, you know, I wasn't really aware of what's going on. And so a key thing nonprofit cyber needs to do is make sure people are at least aware 
of what's already happening across the space. Yeah, I, I agree, Phil. My, my tagline for years has been uh, in, in cyber cyberspace has been cyber security has been around long enough. It's hard to have a unique problem or an original thought. <laughs> you know, so your your first <laughs> thing you should do is what you said: look around. I mean, the arrogance to believe that you're the first to recognize this problem or the first to move out on a solution is uh, is pretty frightening. And there are so many great people in this industry and so many problems in common that it's really better to look around, you know. And again, uh, there's a lot of great folks. I mean, many of the noblest, finest human beings I know worked in federal service with me and then you're still there. And but there is a sort of a mindset that comes with that, right? We're the federal government, therefore you know, we, we solve problems a certain way. And this collaborative you know, work among equals is not natural for a lot of the federal things, right? It's hard to wrap your head around. And again, my perspective changed a lot once I left federal service and, and I took on the second act. And it, it helped me appreciate some of the things you said, right? The flexibility that I have today that I did not have inside government for good reasons. It wasn't because people are terrible or, you know, inherently bureaucratic. It's that, you know, uh, a government agency, you know, has certain expectations in terms of the role that it plays and the constraints that it operates under rightfully. You know, and, and that's all good. So I think there's a wonderful opportunity both for the nonprofits, for the, the, the people that, you know, will use our work, but also the adopters and so forth. So let me let me ask you a couple of quick questions here. So of all the nonprofits, so we didn't know all of them, the, even the original 22, I did not know all of them equally. Any any sort of pleasant surprises or a, sort of a favorite new nonprofit that you had not dealt with in the past that popped into our radar, either through a friend of a friend or for me or somebody else? Um, I, I think I, you know, at least for the first round, I knew pretty much everybody who was at the table. Um, so it was less about surprises. Um, there were some new ones, you know, some especially smaller ones that joined um, in the most recent round that I was not aware of before. Um, I think the, um, the thing that was the, the, the biggest surprise to me is kind of what we were talking about before, which is how much everybody said, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll join up. Right. You know, we're not going to give you any money. I know um, it's going to take a little bit of your time. Eh, I know, but it's a good idea. Let's do it. You know, it's the you know the it was a it was a super easy sell. Um, even you know among look, look, nonprofits are like others. You know, there's some that are more open and let's all talk, and some that are a little more you know um, secret squirrely because they do more sensitive work. Um, but across the board, um, everybody said, yeah, this is a good idea. You know, we should do this. Yeah, and and you know, we have some of the heavyweights in the industry there, also, right? Folks, you know, first in the Cloud Security Alliance and so forth. And, everything. and and but it's the same. Many of these, by the way, are people that you have worked with over the years, right? And same for me. And so there's this immediate spirit of goodwill. I think that kind of hops out right away. And you know, even even new friends and several like Cyber Peace Institute and several others. You know, you may have known, but I didn't. I thought. But boy, what a great what a great idea! You know, they're doing good work. Uh, just look at that and go, wow! I'm glad somebody is doing that. You know, and it just makes you feel good to be a part of that. But the also the oh, you know, like one problem mm -hmm. that got go ahead. So one problem that got solved for us right away is we were talking about. So I was you know, well, we need a website so we can tell people so, uh, so we can tell people what we're doing. And you know, uh, we'd gone ahead at the Global Cyber Alliance and locked down a domain name um, just in case. But you know, there was a question of well, how are we going to get the website up? And so I was talking to my people because you know we're smaller, 
Um, and, you know, can we put this up? Do we have, you know, we're going to use WordPress, whatever, you know, are there, you know, what's the best way to get this done and how do we actually get this done in a way that makes sense once we, we, we don't really have a full-time, you know, web team. And so we're just talking about it and the Cloud Security Alliance says, oh, we'll do it. That's right. You know, I remember don't that. ask for money. That's right. Oh, we've got a couple of great web designers like, and yeah, we'll, we'll put this together and yeah. let you guys take a look at it and see what you think. And, oh, okay. That's <laughs> like, so that, you know, that was just, you know, the, that's an example of the spirit of collaboration. And, you know, I mean, Jim Revis and Elena Armstrong sort of were the, the movers behind making that happen. But I mean, there was just no thought about, um, well, we'll need some contributions from other people. It was just, we'll set it up. We'll do it. We'll make our teams available. And it's like, Jesus, that's, you know, boy, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. You know, and it's uh, great to be around people who, again, who, who see this common need and are willing to, you know, bring what they have, right? And again, we have, all manner of nonprofit involved in this. So people have lots of resources or not, you know, and it sort of doesn't matter, right? As long as we're engaged in something that, that fits together well. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, Phil, was uh, because you're, you're, you're more tuned into this than I am at CIS, um, that the, although most of us are U.S.-based, right, there's a lot of interest outside the U.S. And uh, could you say something to the audience around kind of the, the role that these nonprofits play outside the country, outside of the, the home that we have, and how the perception might be or things that might be the same or different in terms of how we interact with the industry outside of here. Well, I would say, you know, the role nonprofits play changes a little bit um, because uh, different governments have different ways of working with nonprofits. Um, and the, the system is probably the most complicated in the U.S. because, you know, I mean, there are contractors, there are nonprofit contractors, there are for-profit contractors, and then there are things like FFRDCs, you know, and, you know, for those who don't know, it's a federally funded research and development corporation that is sort of unique in the world. And, you know, you actually have to be sort of a Washington insider to understand what that acronym means when people first say it. Um, but there are things that are very common, right? So like probably the most international of all the orgs um, that, um, and you actually mentioned them before, is um, the Forum of Incident Response and Security Teams, or FIRST, right? Hundreds of partners in well over 100 nations around the world. Because you know what they do is they unite those national certs to work together. And almost every nation or a great majority of nations have those national certs. So it's a it's as broad and a, a body across the community as you can imagine. Um, the Cyber Peace Institute is headquartered in Geneva. Um, the we had got our first um, with this new expansion um, full-time Canadian member, the um, Canadian Cyber Threat Exchange, um, and um, I expect to get our first full-time Australian member within the next few weeks, or at least an, an application from them. So you know, this it's not a U.S. problem; it's clearly a global problem, and we need to bring these different approaches together. Um, I. I I don't know what else to say other than Absolutely. it's. Absolutely, I think you know, it, it's exactly it, that. It surprised us also, or me, <laughs> at the CIS. You know, the the percentage. I think it's well over half now of the downloads of our content are happening outside the U.S. 
you know, and there's a sort of universality to, to the problem that we, uh, and, and the way we think of it. So that also tells me though, that the level of trust that nonprofits can generate, right? So people that might be distrustful of the US government would see, oh, but they will still use the content or the services from your, you know, GCA or somebody else. And, so there's something really big there that I think is an opportunity for everyone to get better, right? With it and do again, without especially for those that don't have the resources to figure these things out on their own, build their own tooling, or can't afford the you know high price consultancies or you know all the the things that sort of typically go with the industry. It's a, it's a really important role that we play here. So I think there's um, you know lots of opportunity to do do good at really large scale and. You know, it was really is gratifying to see the, you know, first I think of as one of the, I'll say granddaddies of the business, you know, something that's been around, well-established and has tremendous scale and uh, yet willing to spend the time, you know, that we have right on the, in these uh, calls to get together and sort of figure out what can we do, you know, as a group collectively, you know, or among, among our membership. So uh, the other thing um, uh, I, I'll mention to the audience here, if you happen to be catching this before RSA 2020, uh, this will be a topic uh, of a presentation I'm, uh, with my co-presenter, Kirsten Tott of uh, uh, CISA at Homeland Security, uh, about the role of nonprofits and about, uh, we'll talk about nonprofit cyber specifically and some of the things. So Phil, I appreciate all the work you've done to give me something really concrete to bring to the table for that, that presentation. <laughs> Your timing couldn't be any better. And, but I think it's also a, a chance for us to uh, raise the message, right? To talk about this, to find some new friends, to find new ways to apply what we're doing and, and do it in front of the industry. Any any last thoughts you care to share or uh, sort of lightning round uh, conclusions or uh, messages you have for the audience around the role of nonprofits? Well, I, I guess I'd close with, with this. So it's, as, as you said before, Tony, it's we're, we're not arguing about, we all want a bigger piece of the pie. Um, we're not competing with each other. But one thing we all recognize is that pie has got to be bigger. Um, you know, there's there's just, you know, a huge collective action problem in cybersecurity. And the there are a lot of public goods that be could be created. You know, the in fact, people are starting to talk about open source software as a digital public good, right? Um, and you know what that means is that those things can be awfully hard to create, or if created, to support. Uh, and so we've got all these organizations doing great things. Um, you know, there may be one or maybe two organizations that say, "Yeah, we've got the resourcing we need to solve the problem." Everybody else is going to tell you, "Boy, we're resource starved." Um, even in a world where cybersecurity is clearly you know, up there with climate change is one of the most existential challenges the entire human race has got to face. Um, and so we are, we're dealing with a community that is not competitive, that's got to, you know, by building digital public goods and by building, as you say, you know, these solutions that can be used over and over again. So and it's not just the people who can't afford to reinvent the wheel. Why should anybody reinvent the wheel? If somebody's done the problem before, chances are it's better than anything you're going to be able to do, right? So there, are, these are ways to get that to solve those problems with a return on investment far exceeding what you would think possible. Um, but the resources don't come from governments and funding bodies to nearly the extent they should. 
So one of the things that I hope we will do through Nonprofit Cyber, and we at the Global Cyber Alliance are going to put some specific investment in trying to track, is you know what's the amount of what's the amount of resources going into creating public efforts, public interest cybersecurity, and how do we increase that? So you know if you have listeners in government, I or influencers, um, I I just ask them to think about that problem and how they might contribute to you know we don't everybody knows when there's a disaster right you give money to the red cross because the red cross is going to show up and it's going to feed people it's going to house people and there are a few other orgs like that but that that process is known we've got just as critical problem with cyber now although we don't have you know you know we don't have people starving on the floor in, in, in nearly as obvious a way, but it's, it's just as important. So I just I, I want people to think about that and how they could support this global movement as well. Yeah, I think that's, that's wisely said, Phil. I think it's when we look at the role that technology and, and the security of it plays in our lives, right? There, this is right at the foundation. Uh, yet we haven't treated it that way. We've treated it as a, we exhort everybody to you know, do good things. And we, but, but, but implicitly, we basically expect everybody to go figure this out on their own, right? You know, we just need to educate you better or, or scare you more or inspire you more or something like that. And that, you know, that, that's, that's more about getting attention than it is about solving problems. And so many of these things uh, really do require collective action in a way that is collaborative, right? That where, where people can bring things to, to the table and, um, the, our commitment in nonprofit cyber is to go out of our way to bring them together, right? To reduce confusion, to make it simpler to understand, to make it more available to more people in in ways that work for them. So I think there's really a, an opportunity for us to do something great here. So I appreciate uh, the the partnership, Phil, the friendship that we've enjoyed over the years, and the opportunities to you know we 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 wind up reconnecting over these kinds of ideas. Uh, turns out every so often, and it's always delightful to. You know, to swap ideas and say, let's figure out what we can do. I really appreciate you're a, you're a get it done guy, and that's that's brought a lot of energy to uh, to nonprofit cyber as well as the work that you do in your in your day job with Global Cyber Alliance. So so with that, I'm going to wrap up for our audience. Uh, thank you for your time and attention. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to us in the usual ways. And at the Center for Internet Security, we are proud of our mission, proud to work with great friends and partners like Phil and Global Cyber, and uh, look forward to catching you next episode. Thank you all very much. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you are interested in learning more about how to grow your cybersecurity program, the free tools available to help you on your journey, or to get involved with the CIS volunteer community, visit our website at cisecurity.org. Start secure and stay secure.